Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, listeners, and welcome to A Little Wiser. And hello, Christy Peterson. Hi, Kimmy. So today we are talking about your interview with Maylee Chapin, who was trapped in a hotel room for 17 hours in Nairobi while terrorists attacked the property that she was staying in. Um, You guys discuss her experience during the event and after um, her journey to heal from post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. So I just want to say at the outset, the interview was so incredibly raw and emotional and real. And maybe it's the fact that we all have this capacity for empathy, but I was really right there with you, tearing up with her, with you. And I could just feel the gravity of the story. So I just was wondering, as you think about it, how was that interview for you? What was it like? And I'd love to hear also, how did you learn about her? So I heard about her through Paul Gilmartin, who's going to be our next episode. Mm. He's the host of Mental Illness Happy Hour. And in doing my research to interview him, I came across Maylee's story, and I was just riveted, as mm-hmm. you are, anytime she speaks, and you know, asked him for the introduction, which he was kind enough to make. So I, you know, popped in her DM and Insta and started <laughs> all the platforms, you know, all the platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended that interview. I mean, I know a lot of times I say, oh, it's one of my favorite episodes. But truly, 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 I ended that interview and instinctually, like I, I just immediately was like, this interview is you know, just beyond, and it's going to be amazing. I just, she, like you said, she takes you into the moment with her. So I felt like I was in the bathroom, you know, watching her, you know, crouched in the cabinet and reuniting with her family. And the, and again, the, the PTSD of coming back home, thinking she's returning to safety and her mind is unsafe and she's constantly on high alert. So I was just so smitten by her. <laughs> Smitten's like an old school word. And then at the end, I wish we recorded it. She was like, okay, bye. Now I'm going <laughs> to eat my feelings. <laughs> Wait, that's what she said? Yeah. She's oh, that's like, so funny. Yeah. I wish we recorded it because she cried. It was really emotional. It and was. Then she's, like, she's like, okay, bye. I've got to go eat my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that because that was that was part of the interview that really struck me was just how real, and I, I said the word raw, but it's I th- it could be because this experience isn't so far away. It was in 2018, 2017? I 19, I think. 2019. So if still, um, you know, the experience is still very new, um, but I just, I mean, I thought about that moment when she 
shared about meeting her, uh, Christopher, the, not the Navy SEAL, but the British equivalent. I think his name was Christopher. And she talks about the moment when she. Christian uh, Craighead, I think is his name. Yeah. Christian Craighead. Um, anyways, actually. Which sounds like a superhero. <laughs> and he looks like a superhero because I did Google him as well after. So just a shout out to the listeners. Go ahead and check him out on Instagram. He does look like her description of him as a British Marvel Captain America superhero person. And he's, for anyone who didn't listen, he's the one who basically saved everyone in the building sort of one by one. Yeah. So it's just incredible. So, So that's how you learned about her. And you felt similarly during the interview, like this is, you kind of know, like this is magic that's happening, I would say. Yes. I think you feel like in flow, you're connecting with the person. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not on me. It's always on the other you know, person when an, an interview goes that well. It's certainly, you know, obviously it's both of us and it's chemistry and all of that matters, but it's really how she showed up for the interview and how willing she is to open up all the pieces of herself and how good she is at telling her story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I think that's why it ended up being so strong. So you talked during the interview quite a bit about trauma. And so we thought today that we would talk about trauma. And as I was thinking about it in my head, I had this, this part that said, big T, little t trauma. So I was thinking that it might be helpful first to talk about when we were talking about trauma, what we mean by that. Um, do you know what I mean when I say big T, little t? It's like I hear I've all- heard this <laughs> like <laughs> approximately 27 times in the last year. So yes. apparently we're listening to the same yes. things. Trauma is like a buzzword. It's also mm-hmm. a triggering word. But big T, little t makes a lot of sense. So explain what it is with your background in psychology. Well, I'm going to explain what it is using my background of highly – uh, refined Googling techniques because I too have heard big T, little t. I am not a trauma expert by any stretch. So it makes sense intuitively. When in the mental health field, trauma is sometimes referred to as big T and little t trauma. And the main difference is the event that kick-started the traumatic response. So you think big T, you think uh, life-threatening events or situations such as a school shooting, violent crime, serious car accident, um, being stuck in a hotel room for 17 hours in Nairobi, that would be big T trauma. Little T trauma is where the event doesn't typically involve violence or disaster, but this of these um, the event still does create significant distress. So you can think of things like a breakup or death of a pet, losing a job, being rejected by a friend group. So those are the smaller little T traumas uh, when people refer to them. But what I, as I was thinking about it and thinking about this, both the definition or how it's, I see it discussed is that both of these types of trauma can cause emotional harm and repeat. In fact, there's some evidence that repeated exposure to those smaller trauma can cause even more emotional harm than the exposure to one big trauma. But then I was like, this isn't a competition. Trauma is trauma. Um, So I think with that said, as we're talking about it today, she's obviously talking big T, capital, capital T trauma event. But I think many of her takeaways or the strategies that she's um, discussed, her healing process, 
applies for those of us who've experienced either type of trauma. Yeah, I I totally agree that how many times are we going to say big T, little T? (laughs) Um, I think what happens based on what I'm coming to understand is that your body stores it regardless as trauma, right? And that is stored in your body and it shapes you know, your psyche, your behavior, your understanding of the world. And go back to Dr. Edie, Holocaust mm-hmm. survivor, who says, I don't believe in comparative suffering because all suffering is real. I think what you're hearing you say when you say it's not a competition is just because I survived a terrorist attack doesn't mean that your divorce or, you know, your friend group walking away from you or you losing your job, you know, twice in five years isn't hurtful and hasn't impacted you. It's all real, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, that's what I, I hear you saying. And I think it makes sense that we can all learn from her recovery, especially because it is so the magnitude of it is so big. And, you know, hopefully it provides hope for us small T people. <laughs> Like it, I think it's just like any event. I think what comes to mind as we are talking about again, big T, little T, let's just refer to it as trauma or any event that causes significant distress. I think it's really interesting to think about what does our world tell us about trauma or modern society say about trauma. And I think that there's some real mixed messaging around it. Like, while some folks are saying we should acknowledge, the presence of all trauma, be it big or small, and its impact on our emotional health and well-being. And then I feel like there's this other part of our world or society that's saying we're making everything into a trauma. A breakup with a boyfriend is just that, or or a significant other romantic relationship. It's just a difficulty, a hardship, and that we are making everything into a trauma, and that has traumatic impact on us. So I think it's it's sort of interesting to me that there is this mixed messaging around trauma and how we should best deal with it. I think where I land on that, well, I'd be curious to know, what do you think about that? I think that makes sense. I think like anything, there's going to be people who resonate with it, who are so glad hearing that language and connection because it explains their experience. And there's people who are going to say like, that makes no sense to me. Like, mm. you know, this the smaller stuff is part of life and, you know, that's BS. And of course there's going to be, you know, we're not, we don't always have come together and share beliefs. Sure. Or yeah. the same understanding as things, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I think where I landed on it as I was thinking through it, that is if, if something is causing you significant distress, then it's a trauma. And if you want to call it that, or if calling it that makes it more difficult for you to try to address it, I mean, call it what you want. But if something is causing you distress, then it may be impacting your ability to live life, to connect. And so there's resources out there to help support you in that. Well, she's such a walking illustration of it. And she says, I get out of the building, I'm safe. It's like a scene at the end of the movie, you know, there's glass shattered and, you know, she's walking out of the building, you know, with the survivor getting in the car to drive off. And in that moment, she thinks I survived. And then she comes home and really the terror 
has just begun. Mm -hmm. You know, as she said, like terrorists terrorize people. And beyond that building, they get in your heart and mind. So suddenly she's at a restaurant looking at the door to escape. Her heart is racing. She's afraid, you know, of going on a run, which used to be her outlet. So she's a living example how it bleeds in and sort of to all these different aspects of your life and how facing that and recognizing that and then the path of healing is really, you know, the only way back to a sense of safety and freedom in your mind. Yeah. As you were interviewing her and she's sharing her experience and trauma, did it either during the interview or after bring up any past experiences for yourself that caused you to kind of rethink whether or not a past event was traumatic or how did it how did it land with your own experience and relationship to trauma either big T or little T you know what it made me think of actually is my kids and in particular my son I feel like there's been so much conversation around you know adolescent mental health and teenagers and I think everyone has seen the headlines of the crisis we're in but when he was in fifth grade they were practicing in the auditorium for fifth grade graduation the school ended up obviously not being true that there was potentially a bomb and an active shooter within the same block of the school so the auditorium goes on lockdown you hear like all the chains, they go under their desk and they're told not to talk. All of these things, right, are the right course of action. And sadly, this is how they, you know, are conditioned and trained to um, protect themselves. And then the, and this doesn't come out of him till, you know, a year or two later, the custodian came to unlock the doors so the kids heard the chain unlocking and opening but they hadn't made the announcement on the PA that the building was safe so in his mind he thought oh. the shooter was coming in and it was like a year and a half or two years later when he was in junior high where he said you know every time they come on the PA or you know he had all of these things that would cause him to and of course right because mm -hmm. again it, it there was an active shooter but the experience was so imprinted the level of fear and trauma that happened in his little body at the time stayed with him to the point that everything from like a pa or the you know locks at school reminded brought him back to that moment so it really made me think of that for sure as a mom and, you know, even an experience that is perceived, you know, versus real can have a lasting effect years later. Oh, yeah, 100%. And what I think it's interesting is you're telling that story. I'm reminded of, a, of one of the things that she said as part of her healing strategies. And she was so, I also want to say she was just so thoughtful about making sure to point out that every person has a different pathway to healing. And that there isn't one right way, which I think is both hopeful. Um, but in any case, one of the things that she had said is that was part of her healing process was integrating this experience into her personality, into the way that she operates into the world, into um, her behaviors. And that for her, you know, that was one of the steps 
for healing. So as I'm thinking of your story just now, it's like, in a sense, it's almost the process of shifting this experience that was so significant for your child. Um, how does he, how could he incorporate that into his, I, I don't know, worldview in a way that is more positive or more hopeful? I think it's an interest, just an interesting thought experiment. Well, you know, I haven't studied a lot, certainly on PTSD, but I think so many of the stories we cover, right, are about post-traumatic growth and yes. what it looks like on the other side of trauma. What I can say about Maylee is she said head on, right, because there's this idea of I won't be defined by this, I'm not the worst day in my life, that it categorically did change her. And it did. I mean, when she went to name her book, she said it's terrorist attack girl is almost giving language and talking about it openly and sort of embracing it, if you will, freed her in a sense. And, you know, I upcoming interview, which is a really, really, you know, sad and devastating story about someone who was violently attacked and I kept dancing around the language in the interview. And he said, in our house, we just call it what it was, which was the stabbing. And, you know, they found if if they just kind of own and lean into the hard truth of exactly what it is and being, you know, direct in the language, that that is somehow cathartic. And, I, you know, I don't know how that is, but... Perhaps it just goes back to stuffing things down and pretend that they don't matter when we take some take, taking ownership feels like accountability, which isn't what I'm trying to say. No, I think what you're trying to say is it's it's almost like a version of exposure therapy. So if there's something that is a frightening stimuli, and she does talk about this, and I and I did a quick look at her app because I was so fascinated to hear about the app that she's. Um, started. It's called remember, something brace. It's called trauma brace. Trauma brace. Trauma brace. And one of it's an it's an evidence evidence based approach or an offering of skills um, and practices to help people navigate through difficult experiences and navigate through their trauma. And when I say it's a part of exposure therapy, is by calling it the stabbing, by calling it the attack, you're taking that sting out of it. And by continuing to kind of expose yourself to the thing that was so harmful or so scary, I believe is the kind of the idea behind it. Um, like any other fear that we may have, exposure therapy is one of the few strategies that shows a lot of success in being able to heal from various um, fears, phobias, and traumas. So I get this piece of her saying, I'm the terror attack girl. And she talks also quite a bit about, as part of her talk therapy, was talking through the event so many times. It's continuing to relive and to name it and put words to the experience that she has, which I have this feeling as I'm listening to her talk about that, of that trauma, if it was like a, if it was like a substance or something moving through her body, an experience that's moving through her brain, her body, her cells, and being able to, to, to heal in that way. I mean, I imagine in the, in the smaller situations, right? Like the example I gave with my son, there is a ways, 
you know, writing the experience, putting it down on words, giving it language, you know, walking yourself through it, kind of living it, building a tolerance to it and telling the story and giving it language and exposing yourself to it, like sitting in that feeling diminishes the power of it. Would you think that's true? Yeah. Yes. Well, first, I want to say that the experience that your son had doesn't feel insignificant to me. It feels very, feels like a very big, scary thing to have happened. I think about my own children in their school. So I'll just say that I was, I, yeah, being able to take back the sting or the trauma of something by naming it, you know, they have all these wonderful sayings, name it, name it, it, to tame it, name it, to tame it. (laughs) What resists persists. Excuse me. What we resist persists. Um, and the common theme of these things is what when we shove shit down, um, we don't metastasize it as well. It can fester. And so I think that process of writing it out, naming it, explaining it, talking about it, sharing it can be incredibly healing for people. You know, it's really interesting because on the podcast, I often have this dance of asking people to go back to really hard times, right? And almost categorically, they say um, there's healing in the sharing of it. I 100%. I know. I think that's so um, – I'm so glad you shared that because sometimes in – I've had conversations about some of the previous episodes where a friend will be like, wow, how did she ask that question or, you know – putting guests in the position where they're reliving these really difficult, challenging events. And I think it's so helpful for you to share that, that I think it's really interesting that your guests will share with you that it is healing. And it, to me, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's, it's allowing us to process events. Um, So anyway, I just think that's so it's interesting. Yeah. And I think, so many people write books or memoirs and, you know, they start in childhood and write about and you almost always hear them saying how difficult the process was and how healing it was, right? To, again, give language to it, tell the story, live the story, mm-hmm. expose themselves to it, put the pieces together. And I think, you know, all of those and the dancing around these things is not helpful whatsoever. (laughs) You know, when you're trying to almost the dancing around minimizes it, right? The person's like, no, I was sexually assaulted. You know, I was raped. And when you're dancing around this very real thing, calling it what it is, people seem to almost need that, right? Because Mm -hmm. anything else sort of minimizes what actually is the truth, their truth. Yeah. yeah. That makes a ton of sense to me. I think, too, the other idea that came up as I was listening to this episode is post-traumatic growth, which I feel like your this podcast is that in action. You know, you're showcasing these people who have had these very difficult traumatic events and the growth that that purpose on the other side of pain. And part of the process of sharing their story does allow them, it seems to me, and listening to it, and also knowing some of the research behind it, allows them to make sense of the event. And that leads to so many, can can lead to so many great outcomes of greater appreciation for life. Or Maylee talked, Chapin talked quite a bit about it allowing her to find her purpose. 
and seeing those new possibilities. Yeah, I do I mean, think that what's important, yeah. I want to say one asterisk or one caveat is in thinking about post-traumatic growth or talking about these traumatic events, I, and she said this herself too, is that the people who go through these events would not wish them. It's not like they'd say, I'm so glad this happened to me. But it's a shift in understanding, really choosing to focus on the growth that came from the event. Yeah, I think many guests have talked about the shift in mindset of this happened to me, right? He walked out. I was rejected. I was left alone. You know, all of these things. And at some point, you have to right honor how difficult that was. And But at some point, you can ask yourself, instead of this happened to me, how did this happen f- for me, right? Mm. What did you learn from it? How were you changed? How did you come out the other end? And that's what I think Maylee at some point was no longer going to be a victim or, you know, as she even said, like, let the terrorists win. So the Maylee that came out of this is a different person. And I think she's more clear on her values, on her purpose, on her ability to persevere. So she's recognizing the growth that happened for her out of something that was really freaking difficult. But she sort of shifted out of, you know, the the victimization into the growth, if that makes sense. Yes. I think how we think about the pain in our life, how we think about the challenges. I mean, when you think about even how we think about stress, how we think about anxiety, very much changes how we live with it and experience it after the stress, after the event. And so choosing a mindset of growth, choosing growth, choosing to see the opportunity, choosing how we think about the events in our life does have a massive impact on whether it will hold us back or help us really to grow and to move forward. As you listen to the interview, really thinking about what trauma might mean to you, I think is an interesting question. How you view individually, how you view trauma, is it live as only really big events or can you appreciate the smaller things that have caused distress to you? Yes. Listen, you know, close your eyes and identify what are the what are those things mm-hmm. right and some of them actually may not be so obvious until you stop and think about it like wow that was really hard for me and um so yeah i love that you know for everyone listening to this to think about what has been traumatic for them and hopefully you know turn to maylee's app trauma brace you can read her book which is fascinating terrorist attack girl and so much in there about how we can heal for trauma and i love a book called the body keeps the score (laughs) of course um, it's like the seminal book (laughs) yeah so it's the seminal book and Mm -hmm. you know i'm sure many people have heard of it many of you haven't but i think those are great places to turn to as christy and i are starting to get ready to launch our book club and go-tos. So Christy, is there anything you would recommend if people want to do a deeper dive or identify what's been traumatic for them and then, you know, take action on it? Sure. I think this, the idea as you listen to her story of just thinking through um, 
your own life. And I liked your point about sometimes it takes you, takes a moment to pause and to get quiet and to, to really think through what have been the various things in your life that may have caused distress and that you didn't deal with it in a way that you would choose to deal with it now. Um, and some s- tools, if you're interested in thinking more about it, I was going to say the same thing. The Body Keeps the Score um, by Bessel van der Kolk. It is, it has a beautiful cover. The cover of the book is really <laughs> beautiful if that matters. But Christy, don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> I do. I love a good book cover. Um, this book teaches you talks a lot about getting through the difficulties that arise from trauma and by looking at the psychology, the psychology behind them and also includes really practical techniques that therapists use to help people recover. So I think it's a great resource. There's a workbook that recently came out called Choose Growth, and it's just a very practical workbook on transcending trauma, fear, and self-doubt. That's also, if people like those really practical strategies, journal prompts, meditations, Um, that kind of thing. That's a great resource as well to explore. I love a good workbook. And then for this, like putting pen to paper and identifying how it showed up for you. And that seems really smart to me. So we should link to that in the show notes. I like to only recommend really smart things. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're really smart and smart people recommend smart things. (laughs) So we're going to wrap it up and then we're going to go journal about all the little T's in our Mm -hmm. life. And yeah, if if you haven't listened, I presume you have, but if you haven't listened to Maylee's episode, it truly is one of my all-time favorite conversations. And I hope not only will you listen to it, but you will forward it to one person that you know and you think could benefit from her story, whatever that may look like. Sounds good. I loved it. It just... It was one of my most favorite episodes to listen to. So I'm glad that you enjoyed the interview. I just knew it was something special as you were doing it because as a listener, I felt the same. All right. Love you to pieces. We'll be back at it the week after next talking about Paul Gilmartin and keep the conversation going. Okay. Thanks, Kimmy. All right. Bye. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.